Welcome to another episode of Sonic Talk. This is uh, actually not 328, 329. I missed it because I added one to last week and I, because I was one behind. So it's actually episode 329, uh, recording today live on 11th of September uh, 2013. Uh, welcome, everybody. Um, uh, sorry for the delay. Um, I had a hardware failure in the office, which I managed to fix on the fly, which is just, you know, one of those things when it's a one-man show. Uh, but uh, I want to say hello and welcome. Welcome everybody. We've, uh, we, we, we're going to try, see if this works, because we've got uh, a, a new guest. Well, not a new guest, but the same guest in the form of Dave Robinson. There he is, editor of Pro Sound News. I think I might even, yeah, look, I even got a lower third for you. ProSoundNewsEurope.com. We tried last week, but it had to be aborted because uh, Dave's network just wasn't up to it. Uh, Dave, of course... Um, is the editor of the August volume um, Pro Sound News Europe, which is B two B live sound reinforcement kind of show entertainment technology live broadcast that kind of stuff. Would that be fair yeah, to say? Studios, uh, post production, yeah, bit of everything. The whole gamut. The whole gamut. How are you then, Dave? We we'll give you a bit of free airtime, seeing as we've had to, we haven't <laughs> had you on for such a long time. <laughs> I'm very good, thank you. Um, I'm um, yes, it's nice to be here for a short while. I'm going to um, we're we're busily getting ready for our first awards show next week at the Ministry of Sound, the Pro Sound Awards, when we will be honouring um, talented individuals. Are we going to win one? In, uh, <laughs> yeah, there isn't a category for Sonic Stage for, for most most aborted technical production yeah, in a live web stream. Yeah. <laughs> That's the one, yeah. Most um, but, uh, yeah, so I'll be recognising um, uh, recordings and live sound and all that kind of stuff. So we're busily getting ready for that. And that's, uh, when, what day is it? It's Wednesday, so it's a week tomorrow. Um, yeah, so that's kind of our main... Oh, that's are you going to be comparing? Uh, I am presenting um, a, a one award, actually, yes. Now we've got a comedian comparing, but... Oh, that must have been uh, tough. Yeah. Must have been tough for you because you you are actually a very good presenter. Because uh, oh, in kind. the tr- in the tradition of the uh, in music messer in years gone by, there was always a uh, a legendary pop quiz or music uh, quiz at uh, I forget the name of the bar. Anne Shabin in uh, just out, out, outskirts of uh, Saxonhausen, which uh, was always a good launch pad for hours of drinking. Um, and Dave used to uh, compare. And in fact, I think the Sonic State team actually won one year. Yes, you did. Yeah, you got mentioned a couple of times in um, what, what particular question. So, oh, really? <laughs> oh, yes, of course. Yeah. Yes, you know the one. Dave likes to uh, embarrass his guests as much as possible. And um, I was, in fact, um, embarrassed. So, Dave, now you're on live streaming. I'm just going to... I've got a list of here things just to pay back. No, I haven't, of course. I haven't. Anyway, Dave, uh, thanks for joining us this week. Uh, very Thank much appreciate it. And we've also got Mr. Gaz Williams, who we haven't seen for a little while. Gaz Williams uh, over there. I don't know if that doesn't look like a familiar background. I'm guessing North Wales. Yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> I can tell by the light. Yeah, I mean, no. I'm in North Wales at the moment. I'm, um, yeah, I'm up visiting my parents. My father's really awesome. I'm up here. Oh, well, I'm sorry to hear that. I hope, he's, uh, yeah. I hope you can bring him some con- some solace and what have you. Um, looks like, yeah. as you've had a fairly serious haircut there. No, I've just got caught in a rain earlier. Uh, <laughs> Rain-related uh, hat head. Yes, but um, I'm going to uh, I'm going to be hooking up with. Rich Hilton on Sunday. He's playing at a music festival up in North Wales, which is called Festival Number no. Six, and oh, that's yeah. in Port, Port Marion, which is the famous for oh, the awesome. setting of The Prisoner. Um, great for me, The Prisoner is the greatest TV show of ever all time. made. <laughs> I think have, so. Have you been to the festival before, Gaz? No, no. Um, we were going to go last year, sort of as actually Sonic's state. <laughs> Oh, right. We were going to go with the, um, yeah, uh, we were going to go to do some interviews on behalf right. of a certain American magazine. Oh, yes, that's it. right. And it all... Do you remember? Yeah, that's <laughs> right. Said, yeah, 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 we'd love to do it. And then, uh, and then it just kind of didn't happen. I can't remember. Uh, there was some issue. I forget what it was. It just all fell to pieces at the end. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so I'm looking forward to that because I, uh, 
it's a it's a fantastic place. What a great place to have a music festival. Mm. I think oh, it's um, awesome. I saw I saw. I was uh, right, oh, I was going to say that it said it was the only other festival uh, apart aside from Glastonbury. It was the other must go to festival in this country. Oh, yeah. Cool. So um, and I think it's only been around. It was only the first time last year, wasn't it? I think. Yeah, yeah, this is come on this year. Uh, that's a big, that's I mean, a big name, didn't they? New Order and stuff, wasn't it? Oh, not New Order. Um, yeah, New Order tried, last year. Yeah, New Order. There's a there's a really good um, there's a really good lineup uh, this year as well. It's um, uh, going to be wet. <laughs> wet, wet, well, wet. Maybe it's North Wales. What do you expect? I expect rain. <laughs> but I was wondering if some of our American friends could help me out here. Is the prisoner? Do people know it outside of Britain? I think so. It wasn't American, wasn't it? Um, yeah, it must be. Legendary. I think it got re- remade a couple of years ago for the American audience oh. in a slightly abortive um, TV drama with, um, now, somebody like Ian McKellen. Ian McKellen, they, yeah. They couldn't get Make McEwen, so they went McKellen, who's the next best muck. Yeah. <laughs> the next best Ian but, muck. They're nearly there. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I'm not. it was only in four episodes, and it had it had the uh, the waistcoats and the sort of... Um, ah. Yeah. The, okay. The, the, uh, mm. but, oh, well. Anyway, I'm just looking at the list. My Bloody Valentine are playing. That's going to on the Saturday. That'll be yes. bloody good. Now, I've got to be honest. I saw My Bloody Valentine uh, in Fuji Rock Festival this year. And the Fuji Rock Festival, the main stage there, has just got the best sound system I've ever heard in a live, in a, uh, an outside festival show. And My Bloody Valentine just sounded blooming awful. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Um, well, Gaz, uh, I want to say, of course, Gaz is a um, professional bass player. Um, I, has the Carl Hyde project um, sort of come to an end now, or is it just a hiatus? Ah, oh, we'll see. I mean, this the current tour has come to come to an end, but um, yeah, we'll see what the what happens in the future. Well, anyway, thanks for joining us, and we mustn't forget our final guest, uh, who has moved. He's relocated into. Um, a sort of cave somewhere in the West Country. No, Mark Tinley there in uh, in Glastonbury, in a new I place. Yeah. You you had an interesting tweet the other day, which we just basically said, right, we put everything in the van. I've just driven here and we found a house, and it just all sounded very exciting. Yeah, it was all very exciting, especially as I uh, allegedly there was this man driving down the um, M4 with his foot in a plaster cast, using hand controls, towing a one-ton trailer full of stuff. <laughs> Good Lord, I can't imagine who that might have been. Anyway, Mark, how no, are you? So, I don't know. You, you're looking well on it. It's a very interesting ambient light you've got there. Start, your camera's beginning to uh, to approach, but it, yes, you look well. You look. I do, I've wiggled the settings on the camera to try and improve it. I've been in Glastonbury High Street. I bought a poem from a man <laughs> on Glastonbury High Street. It's all tied up with a lovely piece of wool. Oh. It's about rainbows and everything. And he said, your life will change for the better from the moment you buy my poem. So... I am now a better man. I'm so glad to hear that. And I'm also glad to be part of it somehow. Uh, however <laughs> however insignificant a part, it still feels just somehow I feel on. Anyway, that's our guest for this week. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, right, so uh, let's have a look. Our first topic. Uh, oh, yes, of course. But don't forget, this is sponsored by Isotope. You will be hearing the winner. There is a winner from uh, a chat room favourite winner, I think it would be fair to say, of the... Uh, rx2 and r slash rx3 upgrade more on that later so first topic now this uh, this is one that dave robinson um threw in last week and i just i was as i've been looking into it i just cannot believe some of the information that goes out so here we go i'll see if this plays no bags and if you can recognize who this is this is uh, well of course it is in fact i'm having to talk over it because of the uh, you know the, the rights issue this is Sir Cliff Richard and the Shadows. In his heyday, well, not his heyday, perhaps his first couple of singles, I don't know when this was actually released, was the only one I could find of Cliff Richard not looking really dodgy 80s in a sort of gold lame <laughs> pair of pantaloons or something. But this is the news, basically, that um, Cliff Richard is actually announcing his 100th album, which is just amazing when you consider what it takes i mean you know he's not an electronic dance music producer so we're not talking about um uh, oh look there he is i don't know what happened there i seem to have lost him but 100 albums i don't know what the uh, what his exact plans are but basically he's done so much work over 
over such a long period of time, he holds an enormous number of records for, you know, the amount. I've got a few lists here. What we got? Um, he basically... Uh, he's born in 1940. He sold... No, here we go. Born in 1940, he sold over 20, 21 million units in the UK, 250 million records worldwide. Uh, spanned a, a career of 50 years. Uh, he's one of the... He's the only other person uh, with Elvis Presley to hold... to act to make UK singles charts in all of the first six decades of the... T- the of, uh, of 1950, 60, 70, 80, 90, 2000. Uh... F- uh also, only ever ha- only person ever to have uh, five consecutive decades with a number one single in them, uh, and it's just—I mean, it, you know—his music is very light and perhaps not something that all of us would appreciate. But that is a heck of an achievement, don't you think, Dave? And as you brought this up, I'm going to go straight to you because I'm—I'm <laughs> guessing you are actually a, a, a Cliff Richard apologist. <laughs> you think so? Well, the only uh, I can remember hearing uh, Carrie and uh, to Carrie doesn't live here anymore, which is um, when was that? The seventies, the eighties, eighty, early eighties, eighties, yeah. And I think uh, Devil Woman that was a that was a, a huge hit. In fact, might have been his biggest hit um, in in in, uh, in the states or something. Yeah, he didn't really he didn't really crack America in the same way. No. But um, he's the um, <laughs> he did he did sing wide for sound and yeah. um, you know the first line is I like tall speakers I like small speakers as long as there's music <laughs> I'm wired for sound. In fact, the, didn't the, Which, didn't the video uh, famously um, was one of the early um, early uses of the Sony Walkman? Some roller skating going on. Indeed, I mean it's a song about it is a song about uh, the Sony. Sonny Walkman is an homage to Sonny Walkman, really. But uh, I do like the... Um, anybody who starts a song that... I like uh, tall speakers. I specifically talking about um, pro audio equipment. So, you know, is that, is, so are, you, are you trying to tell me this is the ProSign News Europe uh, anthem? If there could when be you have, anthem. When you have the meeting and they're getting all the management all up and ready, they play Cliff Richard, uh, Wired for Sound, to get you all going. Now you're all going, yeah! Yeah, come on, let's sell some copies. Yeah. I, I, I think that's. Uh, I think that's a very. I'm going to put it to. Um, I'm going to put it to the board. In fact, let's see. <laughs> but I'm, I was just looking. You know, I was just looking at his back catalogue, and in 1968, he did an album called Established 1958. <laughs> as if, as if ten years was a long later, time. He was. He was celebrating the fact he'd been around for ten years, and that was a year before I was born. <laughs> Wow. Well, yeah, stuff happened before you were born, I've heard. Well, I know, not much. <laughs> it was like Beethoven, Bach, you know, a couple of other, yeah. you know, famous composers and what have you. But yeah, I take your point. It's but, it's an amazing achievement though. I mean, you know, he he is a, he's the sort of classic kind of vocalist. He's not I mean, he has written a few sa- uh, songs obviously because he's got uh he's won a couple of Ivor Ivor Novello awards as well, yeah. which is I, mean, uh, I think what you got to remember is that I mean, back in the day, so I'm just looking back here. So in the 1960s, 1960s he did three albums. 1968, he did three albums. Jesus. <clears throat> so an, an album was uh, was you know f- thirty minutes, maybe thirty five minutes, if that. In fact, what are we talking about? We're talking about ni- the 1960s. So yeah, there would be LPs, but they would be short the, ones. Yeah, you, know, you only had to record six or seven songs. Whereas now, an album is is twelve songs, and um, you'd expect an hour's worth of music. So um, it, it was um, it was a lot easier to churn out. I've got to be careful what I'm saying here, but <laughs> no, I mean, it, yeah, but I the pop machine was very different then, wasn't it? It was like you go into the studio. Was, there was uh, an album here from 1962 called 32 Minutes and 17 Seconds. I wonder how long that album was. I can't imagine. <laughs> Are you liking? Look, for those of you watching the live video stream, I'm sort of casually scrolling an enormous wall of Google images of Cliff Richard. What is shirt missing there? Oh, no, I don't think you want to focus. Oh, yeah, look at that, Cliff. This one, especially. <laughs> he's he's dry, he's on a jet ski. I think nice. there, but uh, he. I think the. Th- I think the problem was his. Uh, he he became synonymous with kind of this very light style of music, and he unfortunately was around at the time when people were getting um, a little bit uppity about that kind of thing and wanted a bit more tude from their stuff. So he got kind of uh, unfairly, probably just sort of, you know, tarred with 
the person that stands for all of the stuff we don't like in music, which is kind of, you know, a, a bit unfortunate. But then he did this rather awful performance where he kind of like put himself up as the Messiah and did the kind of Jesus in the cross thing. And it was just, it was like, hold on a minute. This sounds a little, I, I know he's a Christian and maybe it wasn't meant that way, but it came across very badly. So that Michael Jackson you were talking about. Well, a very similar, actually, uh, concept to Michael Jackson's thing. I don't know. Mm. Gaz. Mm. Have you got anything? Have you got any fond memories of Cliff? I mean, hundred albums. I mean, I can't imagine how what that'd be like. Well, um, I I have got a soft spot for Cliff actually, and I mean, especially that late seventies, early eighties period. I mean, I was a you know I was quite a young chap when all those songs like Wired for Sound were coming out. I used to dance to them down the disco and stuff. So um, with your roller skates, yeah, roller skates. <laughs> he had all those moves, didn't he? Um, yeah. Oh, I don't know. I, I think he's all right. He's, all, he's harmless and he's cliff. But um, the shadows, on the other hand, yeah. wow. <laughs> you know, I, I'm, I've become a really quite a bit of a shadows fan. Yeah, well, you, no, your band, thought, the Rumbelows, probably covers them. Not the Rumbelows. Uh, yes, they probably cover yeah, the characters. Yeah, of course. It. Yeah, yeah. We, we do a little bit of shadows. Yeah. And it's kind of really just going back and checking out the shadows it's done so much cool stuff so you know um i think people kind of think of shadows and cliff richard and all being a bit rubbish but then again you know if you look at a lot of interviews with classic rock stars they cliff really features in in a lot of their kind of formative years doesn't he i mean uh you know, I know he's got this sort of goodly good. Uh, oh, hasn't he just? Yeah. Image. I mean, but, he just looks. He still time, looks like he's only thirty-five. <laughs> but you know, but he, he's probably he, actually sold his soul to the devil. <laughs> was he has some kind of Faustian Faustian pact? Do you think Dorian Gray thing going on where he manages to stay? Do you think he's got a picture somewhere the, which is just like a kind of his, wall, yeah, a walnut definitely. somewhere? A picture of Hank Marvin. <laughs> <laughs> Mark, save us before we start getting into Cockney rhyming slang. <laughs> he was number one on the day I was born, if that's useful. Ah, <laughs> awesome. With what song? Uh, Summer Holiday. Oh, look at that. In March, bizarre. Why he was number one in March with Summer Holiday, I don't know, but he was. He's booking early. <laughs> I don't know what else to say about him, really. I mean, he's just been around for... Ever. Well, for ever since I was here. So it's he's sort of a... He's just a part of the sort of music industry furniture. I did think that whole tennis, when he went through that white tennis shorts kind of period, oh, yeah. that was all a bit weird. Because he went out with uh, Sue Barker, allegedly, yeah. didn't he? Uh, who is another British. This is a very UK-centric show uh, so far. Don't worry, folks. Oh, yeah. We will spread our net a little bit wider. Um, but yes, there's, uh, and he's famously, um, when it rained at Wimbledon, he uh, got up and started singing Living Doll and getting the whole lot to, ca- to clap along and stood up and got them all singing. And it was a really uncomfortable moment. And now every time it rains, and uh, he's a Wimbledon, joke always comes nobody, back, nobody looks him in the eye just in case he starts doing it again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it sounds like a plan. Avoid the man. Anyway, I'm sure he's... A, uh, but there, there's, a, there's a couple of videos. There's an interesting video of him talking about his new career, a new album, which is basically covers of old rock and roll songs going back to his roots. He recorded in Nashville. Um, and there's, but there's, uh, I think it's The Telegraph. I was going to play it, but again, it's probably going to kill my, um, my copyright standing. And where he's just talking about how he works and, you know, what he enjoys now. And the fact that when he goes into the studio, obviously at his age, if his voice isn't up to it at the day, he can go back. But when he's doing like a kind of 25 date tour, that's the thing he's, he's, he has to worry about now because if he doesn't, if he can't kind of come up with the goods, it's sort of rather. You know, it's, it's quite a big deal, whereas, you know, you can just go back the next time. Anyway, I can see this is obviously just generating an enormous amount of spin-off topics and discussion. So I think I should move on. <laughs> <laughs> I should move on to another... Oh, I suppose, yeah, I, I, I wonder... Actually, well, let's do the ad, then we can get straight on with the other stuff. So, of course, uh, if you're going to hang on till after this ad, then you'll find out who won the competition. I think you'll be pleasantly surprised. Anyway... Of course, Isotope RX3 is imminent. Uh, we have, in fact, a half-hour special ready to go, perhaps tomorrow, in fact, which uh, Matt Hines takes us through. But RX, if you're not familiar with it, is an amazing audio restoration and sort of sound design, spectral repair, spectral isolation software. It's astonishing, really. Uh, it's got You can remove reverb and ambience with a new de-reverb technology, which is exclusive to RX3. Faster workflow, tab-based um, 
documents, multiple undo. You can quickly reduce background noise for cleaner dialogue tracks with the real-time low CPU uh, dialogue denoiser, offset, clip reduction, all kinds of stuff. You can fix lots and lots of audio problems. Uh, tools are de-clip, de-click, and you can patch up specific audio with uh, RX3's unique spectral pair. It's available sometime in September. Sometime could be tomorrow or maybe a bit sooner. For more information, go to isotope.com forward slash RX3 or if you just want to download a 10-day trial of RX2 now, isotope.com forward slash RX. So do check it out. It really is quite a, a brilliant piece of software. I, in fact, I used it just the other day. Um, but also, we have a winner. Last uh, week, uh, I was asking people their sort of worst recording studio nightmares. And I'm pleased to say that uh, this week's winner is Lagrange Audio, who we often see in the chat room. I think he may be there. Is he there today? I can't see him there at the moment. Maybe he's not. But if he, uh, if he, if he happens to be or even if he happens to be, not. He left the comment, uh, worst studio experience. In 1998, uh, studio booked for one day to record four tracks in with time short. He prepares a whole bunch of MIDI tracks beforehand to save time, pre- predominantly using a Korg Poly 800 as the controller to Logic or some door. He doesn't remember exactly which one it is. All is fine until he gets on site, loads the MIDI files, and they find when attempting playback on an Atari 1040, the computer struggles to keep time and tempo. He wastes two hours of precious and expensive studio time, only to discover that when the original MIDI tracks were recorded, they also captured hundreds upon hundreds, if not thousands, of very small and orally undetectable pitch bend events as the result of a dirty pot on the Korg's joystick controller. Oh my Embarrassing. God. Words to the wise, inspect your MIDI files beforehand and particularly those generated from vintage controllers. That sounds like an absolute nightmare. I've seen that. Uh, so, Lagrange, you uh, um, send me an email with, your, with uh, your contact details and the isotope fairy, who I can reveal is called Kim, uh, will, in fact, uh, bestow upon you isotope RX2 slash RX3 when the upgrade comes up. Uh, I don't know if it would have fixed that problem, but it may somehow compensate you for the terrible time you had with that. Anyway, so um, once again, do check out RX. 10-day trial, as with all of Isotope software, isotope.com forward slash RX. Or if you want to find out specifically about three, just add a three onto the end of that URL. So congratulations, Lagrange. He's a regular in the chat room, but bizarrely, not this week. So on to uh, topic number two. I might have to fast forward this because this is probably going to be massively copyright issue. So uh, this is uh, Sculpture Percussion Hans Zimmer. This is the work of Chaz Smith. Worked on a number of soundtracks and has been absorbed by the Zimmer Corp. And he just created these incredible instruments made out of metal that are sort of a lot of them to do with bowing. Uh, if I fast forward to another instrument, there's there's one particular this. Some amazing... This is Workshop. I won't play it all because I will get busted, I'm sure. I think he's a sculptor. and ah, This was the one that looked great. I think he's a sculptor. And actually, what he ended up with... Yeah, this thing called Lockheed. Mm. Just... And this thing sounds really loud. Just the sound. But it hits an emotional chord. So Hans Zimmer's used used this stuff on the latest Superman uh, movie, and there's a really good bit at the end as well where he's got this just a massive sheet of metal. Let's see if I can find oh, this thing. How much work and how this much thing is amazing. I don't know what this one's called? And but it just goes into these. It's just an enormous copper box with all these resonators, and presumably those are all things to tune the notes. Once I got these sounds, and I start to be able to manipulate the sounds and Ooh, start writing There's cues. a cat trapped in that box, I think, somewhere. <laughs> that would certainly add to the atmosphere of the sound. Maybe for a film called Box of Cats. One of the I should do a do whole thing days, cat can... sound library. Shut up! <laughs> this is the one. <laughs> this is the one I like the sound of. It's like a uh, punk wobble board. Think of himself as the IDM Wolf Harris. <laughs> anyway, I won't play any more of that. No, that's probably not the best thing to think of himself. Oh, no, I like that. I like that's a kind of benevolent sort of, but very, well, I suppose the Wolf Harris is scary nowadays, but uh, let's not get dwell on that. Amazing, know. amazing, amazing stuff. Um, and apparently he's done, um, his instruments have featured on um, 
Saw 2, I believe. Stuff which you can imagine, uh, anything that requires really edgy and sort of hardcore sounds. But this is amazing. Very similar kind of a concept to... um, uh, to what um, Diego Stocco has done with Hans Zimmer in the past, which create instruments that make, make very unique sounds. Because we're talking about someone who has access to probably every instrument and synthesizer known to man, yet he's kind of reaching for these really far out things. Interesting stuff. Dave uh, Robinson, do you kind of, have you ever seen these kind of things in the flesh? I mean, they must be very impressive physically to see, you know, that, this kind of large-scale mechanical resonating instrument type thing I, I haven't other than on some of the uh on, on the weird instruments uh series you did there was there was the, there was that sort of organ wasn't there that that pipe yeah, the, the fire, the fire organ. organ yeah it was awesome yeah which i suppose it was using metal in some way like that but i, I watched that um i watched that film oh so there yeah yes. i certainly am yeah um we, we, I watched that clip, and you're right about the sheet, the uh, the punk wobble board. It's because he just starts wobbling. You go, yeah, yeah, it's just a sheet. But then the uh, the, the, the the camera, the the microphone that they're using to record it, it can't they can't take it. It can't take the output. As if, as with quite a lot of those instruments, actually, I mean, they seem to be very very loud. I guess it's the Boeing. Yeah. Because once you reach a sort of resonant frequency on those things, they must really really sort of output very very Absolutely. powerful fundamentals and all the extra. But there is something extraordinary about. I'd like to. I'd really like to hear those on a decent playback. You know, I was just listening back over headphones, but to hear what that sounds like on uh, through a stereo, uh, through a, through a hi-fi, de- yeah, rather through speakers. a mono Skype, eleven kilohertz bandwidth. Yeah, uh, through maybe through some tall speakers, maybe through some small speakers. <laughs> but I like uh, where you're going. Yeah, amazing, amazing. And I, I like the. Um, that's the first time I've seen Hans Zimmer. That's not what I expected. Do you know what? What did you expect? I don't know. I, I think I just expect him to look a little bit more um, svelte, perhaps. Jesus, you're talking about the man who does every single major soundtrack. Well, I know him, but him and Thomas Newton Howard, doesn't it? Between them, they've got the, they've got the lot. Yeah. Do you reckon but, they meet um, up for dinner and go, what film are you working on this week? <laughs> oh, yeah. Godfather That's 6. Small. But amazing, amazing stuff. And, uh, yeah, you, each sound, there is so much depth and so much to it. Astonishing. That to, uh, to synthesise something like that would be would be quite the uh, quite the project. Yeah, well, I suppose you could sample it. Gas, um, impressive stuff, mm. no? Yeah, oh, definitely. Although I did think they did sound very much like Omnisphere patches. Um. Well, that's the other man who's uh, who's in, always yeah. in search of the new sound, isn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah, I'd love to have a go with them, actually. I think, you know, when you'd hear the sound and feel the sound as well, you know, as you play the thing, I think it would be... Uh, I think they'd be amazing things um yeah i love it when people do things like this so it really sort of exhibits great imagination and and yeah and, and in that feature hans is talking uh it's not hans actually the, the director is it um schneider, okay. um, he, he schneider. This, yeah he, yeah he, and he's saying that by using organic elements sort of helps to sort of um offset this the yeah offset the um the, the, the cgi yeah. stuff yeah offset yeah which i thought that was very interesting and it did make me wonder if um i would like to see a return to more filmmaking techniques using you know analog or you know, want to see a set the size of the set the size of uh, cleopatra with ian burton <laughs> costs yeah. of thousands yeah yeah i'd love it if they made an announcement that the new star wars movie wasn't going to feature any cgi i think that was just actually going to be filmed in space (laughs) (laughs) with real real monsters um yeah no i think you know so i thought that was a very i thought that was a very interesting point yeah um I haven't seen that film, but it'd be really interesting having watched that video just to listen out. I definitely, I, I, I just want to. I want to see it now, definitely. But uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah, really, really fascinating little uh, little piece that one. I thought. Yeah, no, good, good, fine. Um, get a uh, mark. Good grief, you're getting even dark. Mark, mark the dark, dark mark. I tried to close the door to stop the Bengal cat from interfering. What are you going to do? I'm. <laughs> <laughs> um, Brilliant. I've really, really enjoyed watching this movie and I thought it was really, really interesting and I want to be that man. I always want to be these kind of guys that wander around with welders and grinders and sound making things. I probably ought to start doing it at some point. Um, Maybe I should just 
cut up my remaining motorcycle collection and turn it into some kind of sound library. Who knows? That's but. not. A, that's an interesting idea. I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm surprised you haven't already. Um, when are you going to make something? Was there something you were going to yeah, make? I a was, giant. I'm you were going to make it. what? At least one fire organ pipe. I thought it was, wasn't it? Something like that. I started with the no, fire or a Tesla organ. coil. Yeah, I didn't get very far with that Tesla coil. Yes, I want to make one of those. It's just I'm a procrastinator. <laughs> Me too, though, don't you? I need coaching. I need like somebody to come along and go, Mark. You may realise these wonderful things and the powerful human being that you are. And I go, yes. Yeah, okay, but now you're in you. Glastonbury and you've just been given a poem by a man. Well, bought a poem by a man who told you your life will change. A poem. Inside there, inside yeah, that poem, it maybe it's a poem about making musical instruments about out of metal. Mm. That's not a bad idea, is it? Just the only thing is, I sold my welder. <laughs> to move here just feel the force feel the force mark i will feel the force there's plenty of force on glastonbury high street it's very interesting up there but um yeah i don't know i mean i just it's it's It's, there's so there's so many places that you can go with what he's doing and i would i i think as you kind of construct these instruments you find more and you find yourself going off in more and more subtle nuances of direction. So certainly with circuit bending things, I found I found that once you've got your main ideas, then you spend a lot of time trying to improve on the sound of your main ideas. So right. I see that guy going in a direction where he's constantly trying to improve on the way those metal things resonate and make sounds. But it, what it really takes is for somebody to just go and start making sound in another direction, and maybe that's you know, something I can do, where I can go off in a direction and start making sounds with something else. Bengal cats, maybe. She's quiet now, isn't she? Yeah, well, Trilbix in the chat room says uh, that he once hit the exterior of a commercial air conditioner with a sledgehammer. I didn't dent it and got a decent sound, but probably well, not much air conditioning after that, I'd imagine. But I took East to a cafe after school this evening. We went to this... Um, it, it was a place that celebrates tin miners from Cornwall for some bizarre reason, which is quite interesting with the tinley. Ah, but, I, I um, like it. I'm very apt. While we were sitting there eating eating our little cake and having a cup of coffee, the guy a guy turned up with some stuff for the shop next door, and he opened the side door of a transit, and it made this <laughs> kind of noise. And I went, "Wow, listen to that sound!" And that's the point where I kind of wish. Well, I wish my handheld recorder wasn't in the bottom of a box somewhere <laughs> in the house and I don't know which one. Oh, but. the trials and tribulations of moving. Uh, yeah. While I've got uh, everyone's attention, I want to draw the, f- the fact that now uh, our streaming setup is actually working on an iPad, albeit with quite, oh, a, a, quite a considerable amount of latency, but I just wanted to point that out. I'll now turn that off considering it's probably preventing something happening from the upstream but anyway just wanted to, to let them know and uh, we're a little bit further towards having everybody come in on a separate skype um uh machine so i fingers crossed we might in the next couple of weeks might get that sorted so everybody will be a bit more high fidelity um and then if i get my light from you you'll be able to see me <laughs> that's right oh there, there's there's dave robinson but uh, that's mark that and if i get my switching right mark in the dark mark in the dark uh, the park in the dark in fact is a very good book for small children um, <laughs> video three, here it comes. Excellent. Now, this one is another very interesting piece. This is, again, probably uh, I'll have to talk over it just in case. This is uh, Square Pusher, piece written by Square Pusher. Uh, it's played by the amazing robot band called Z, Z Machines, or I'm guessing Z Machines, because that probably sounds like what it was supposed to. It's an, uh, the brainchild of. Um, now, I don't know if I'm going to be able to pronounce this. Yoshio Kawaguchi, uh, an IT professor at the University of Tokyo and mechanical designer, Naofumi Yonetsuka. Oh, wow, that's, I think I might have got that right. They wanted to live up the, liven up the music scene by creating something fun, futuristic and exciting. So they created uh, a six-armed drummer who can play 22 drums simultaneously and uh, a metal wire and a guitarist who uses 78 fingers and 12 plectrums, allowing him to challenge even the most gifted. I mean, if you listen to some of the stuff later on, it gets really almost impossible to play. So uh, the idea of this was Square Push was saying that, uh, uh, aka um, Mr. Jenkins, Tom Jenkinson, that he wanted to prove that robots were capable of creating emotionally uh, charged music or something, some other nonsense like that. I don't know. Um, amazing idea. But if you look at the actual band, um, they're not as as moody as that video shows. I don't know, Gaz. What do you think? It's just. Mm. Do you think this? Do you think there's any merit to this? 
Um, I didn't think that there was a lot of emotion in the music, to be honest. So I thought, well, I thought some of the music was good. I thought that it was, it did have a kind of cold feel to it, though. Um, so, I, you know, I did question his uh, emotional, you know, what he was claiming. Uh, I thought, you know, I like Square Pusher. I think it's good. And he is a, as, you know, he's a superb bass player, isn't he? Um, yeah, I mean, it did remind me a little bit of the Pat Metheny orchestron oh, right, okay. thing from a couple of years back. And in fact, I thought music had a similar, similar sort of sound. I guess these things are not going to swing very much, are they, due, due to their kind of mechanical nature, I guess. I'm, I'm not sure about that. I'm sure it can be programmed, um, though. They must be able to program in it. I mean, I can't imagine that. Uh, I suppose so. I suppose so. But um, there's... You could program swing, but I mean, you know, the thing about the feel of the swing, you know, that that's the thing that um, that maybe the emotional element which feels missing. From it. I'm not sure. Um, I'd like to have seen the video a bit more in a documentary style, to be honest, because I was intrigued by mm. what was going on. But it was, you know, the video was filmed in a arty. Arty Ray, yeah. Arty Robots, uh, but it's quite interesting because when you see the actual robots themselves, uh, well, yeah. I have a video here, I believe. It's a very different. It's a very. Oh no, that's not it. It's this one. It's a very different vibe. That's that's the guitarist, and it looks like it's going to be playing sort of death metal. Well, this is hilarious. So, um, okay, there we goes. They started up, and they're playing really, really ghastly Japanese bubblegum pop with his. <laughs> Just really peculiar concept. Ready? Yeah, I can't take much more of that. <laughs> Dave, you looked really intrigued by that. Is that something that you'd uh, perhaps you prefer that than? Um, well, the- I think um, I think I missed an opportunity to see the the Z machines, the Z machines. I think Riedel, the communications guys. They they got them for their big um, anniversary party, and they're quite something to see, I, I'm told. But on that video, because of all the moody lighting, you couldn't really see much of the actual robots. It's all the close-ups of the um, the close-ups of, of the fingers and the fretboards and that kind of stuff. But I wanted to see more of, of what the robots were like. That's what they were. I just showed you. They were they were. Like... Well, uh, yeah, I know. But in that, because it's uh, maybe because it's square pusher and it has to have a certain sort of. Yeah, I think I, I think <laughs> showing showing a man with multicolored highlighted dreads uh, talking in a vocoder voice might not fit with the square pusher kind of mystique. That'll do. That'll do me, mate. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> uh, um, if it's good enough for Daft Punk, then uh, you know. And who are we? Who are we to say? Um, but uh, what I was going to say was, it does sound very square pusher to me, and I, I, I think he'd achieve something because there was an emotion there. And, and if you if you can call some of Square Pusher's, uh, you know, drum and bassy exercises emotional, he's somebody who knows about dynamics and knows how to uh, create a certain mood. So um, I think uh, to 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 a large extent, he's he's agreed. I mean. I, the 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 genre when it gets all sort of free form jazzy towards the end it's not really my cup of tea at all thanks very much no i did like but- i did like the what i was found quite interesting was the idea that almost what you have if you've got a plectrum on each string and he has got two guitars so 12 12 mm. strings that all can be played individually that's the thing that was really interesting so effectively you've got it it's truly multi a 12 part multi timbral instrument and that yeah. some of that stuff was kind of really bit mind blown and that was quite interesting but um maybe it could be uh, expressed in a more uh, musically acceptable form by, I don't know. But, I mean, is that, um, that, that that whole video, I mean, was he commissioned to write for the Z Machines then? Um, I'm guessing. There's a lot of money behind it because it's, uh, it's, is it Sponsor. Zima? Uh, who, uh, uh, oh, there's, uh, oh yes, uh, there, he was once, right. Some okay. sort of... So it's a commission, it's a... It's I, a I don't it's, yeah, I know, I can't, the answer is I don't know, but it is, there is sponsorship behind the project of the band. Yeah, so he's maybe. obviously spent some time on it yeah. and uh, the complexities of it, so... Yeah. Uh, in fact, uh, they ran a competition recently. Uh, I think I've got it here somewhere. Uh, yeah, they ran a competition recently which was, you know, you could submit your composition to be played by the robot band. Oh, wow. Which is... Uh, that's, that's something that be quite interesting. I wonder what it's like arranging. I know, Mark, I'm guessing, you know, this might have been something... Oh, we've got a new hat. Have you got a... Uh, is that a Glastonbury <laughs> wizard hat? <laughs> <laughs> it's 
like looking at some dark, dark cave, isn't it? It's just, it's just not. It's the it's Wookie hole. You need a candle. Which Wookie hole? A candle and a I large cheese candle. in the background. Sorry, I put, I put. When I say Glastonbury no, Wizard, I don't need the cheese in the background. We've just been playing that on the video. Well, that's actually, very true. I'm really surprised. I thought Gaz was going to say, "I really like that," and it was really interesting, and that's my kind of style of music and my cup of tea. Because I thought he was into all of that too many notes kind of super <laughs> oh, no. playing. No way. It's got to be the right no, notes. So it's got to be the right notes. You, and so, Spirit of Eden is my just, favorite album. I'm really I'm sorry. I got halfway through that video, and I just thought I can't stand any more of this, and I switched it off. Oh. And that's not. I mean, I've got to be careful because I actually quite like some of the things Square Pusher does, but I don't like—I don't like where he's gone with that. I think it had dynamics, which made it have a human kind of element to it, in that things were going loud and quiet. Yeah. But there was no nuance or expressivity in anything that was played. I mean, I guess when somebody plays a real instrument and they put a finger on a string on a fretboard. The finger's never going to land in the same place, and the machines are always going to put the finger down on the same place. And, and if you like, BB King, yeah. you know, moves its fingers yeah, around, yeah, and absolutely. that's where the expression is. It's in, it's in the vibrato, and without vibrato, it just sounded horribly mechanical to me. And then when it got into the, the too many notes part, I was just like, no. And Pat Metheny does do the same thing a million times better. I suppose I'm there sorry. is some nuance. Uh, sorry, I was, distra- like I was distracted that. there because the chat room is uh, riffing on how you look. You're looking a bit like uh, either Professor Snape uh, or uh, a Rembrandt, perhaps. So oh, you look like actually because yeah, you look what you're looking a little bit like, Mark. If I may say so, is an unclean Rembrandt. If you just turn to face the side slightly, so you can imagine, <laughs> it's just like a, an, unrest- an unrestored 16th century master piece. <laughs> and they're quite a funny um, uh, square pusher story. Uh, quite a funny square pusher story. Oh, that, do um, tell. A very cool musician who me and Nick know a guitarist um was gonna do was doing like some sort of like um live jam session in front of an audience and with and he didn't really know a lot about square pusher uh, he just knew you know he knew some of his music um but when it came to jam square pusher just was doing this kind of his bass thing and just ended up doing just loads of slap bass soloing and this guitarist <laughs> was you know, he, he, he was appalled. He was absolutely appalled. He felt he was trapped on stage in this kind of jazz, jazz funk fusion nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> That's got to be a show title, Trapped on Stage in a Jazz Funk Fusion Nightmare. Yeah, but if it's not too long, I think I'll use that. Great story, <laughs> guys. Um, I, well, I, I mean, I know he because he, he can do all of that stuff, but he's also quite a, an accomplished finger bass player. You know, I mean, he's, he, yeah, yeah, yeah. he's got that kind of... Uh, dare I say, sort of pastorious vibe. You know, it's very, really kind of. But I'm guessing a lot of the shows that he plays, he kind of gets the bass out, and it's a very big spectacle. So he probably does that for the most impact. You know, in terms of stadium DJ nonsense. But uh, I, I was in a what? I was in a recording studio in the '90s once, where uh, with Pino Palladino and um, and the the producer. He put on Square Pusher's first album. I think this was probably about '96 or something. Uh, and there's loads of and he's, there's loads of bass, but it's loads of kind of cut up and sampled bass and all. Uh, I remember just Pino just being just like looking absolutely kind of dumbstruck by it, almost sort of as though, oh no, <laughs> hey, I'm uh, uh, you know the game's up because <laughs> um, I mean because that stuff was amazing when I first heard it because it was all like really bizarre just going off in all directions and just uh, and using the bass in quite a virtuoso sort of way, but, but, but messed up, really mm. messed up in a, in a kind of really cool... Well, it's very percussive, I suppose, isn't it? That's the, yeah. that's the kind of... Did you see those, um, the films I sent you oh, earlier the, the, in the I week didn't, with the nine-string get... bass player and then Rich sent one back with a ten-string fretless <laughs> bass player? <laughs> yeah. Ten-string fretless, Jesus, that has yeah. got to be hard. I can't imagine. But I mean, they. But on the fretless bass, you've got so much expressivity; it takes it to completely the other end of the scale, doesn't it? Yeah. I just, I just, I don't. I mean, I'm probably being overly hard on him. And if he ever listens to this and he hears my comment, uh, I'm only being overly hard on him because I don't like that style of music, and I, I probably 
switched it off because I don't like the style of music and it's certainly not any reflection on his ability or... Uh, or, or whether or he's his, nice to kittens. Um, yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> Look at that. See, I've, been, I've got a swear pressure story as well. I've been to a party um, where he was, he was one of the guests and we were in the lounge and there was a, it was a piano and the guy who was hosting the party was, uh, got his guitar out and uh, Square Butcher got a, got a bass, and I thought, I think they'd be playing along with the DJ. Um, and, um, you know, it was kind of one o'clock in the morning or whatever. But I thought, this is an opportunity to play with, with Tom Jenkinson, with, uh, with Square Pusher. And uh, when the, 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 the opportunity of having a bit of a jam sort of uh, came along, he put the guitar away and went off and had some, <laughs> went had some sandwiches and went home. <laughs> he saw you coming. He didn't go to the, <laughs> Did you so, get everyone to sing Living Doll by now? Well, <laughs> <laughs> so I was very disappointed, I have to say. But, Ma- he's, um, but maybe, he's not, maybe he's you not were, a party man. Maybe you were saved, uh, <laughs> but from just him playing a massively uh, uh, inappropriate <laughs> bass, slap bass solo over your vamping. <laughs> yes, maybe. But he's, uh, he's, a, he's a very sort of introspective and um, quite a sort of... Uh, he's, not the, he's not the party guy, uh, you know. Yeah. Uh. Um, he, he, I think he'd rather stay at home and and uh, compose for twelve-fingered uh, Japanese robots. Yeah, and, uh, maybe you're yeah. right. <laughs> well, he, him and uh, FX Twin are very much the same sort of mould, aren't they? I suppose in in, yeah. in many ways. But uh, although I'm sure they'd probably both look at each other, going, "You what? Are you mad? We're completely <laughs> well, different." One of, them's, one of them's from Ireland, and the other one's from Chelmsford. So I think they probably wouldn't necessarily. Ireland is from Cornwall. It's, I thought one of them was from Ireland. James is Richard James is from Cornwall. Ah. Oh, is he? Isn't he yeah. not Irish? No, no. <laughs> Richard, that's Richard. So you're always correcting me, Dave. You're, <laughs> I, I come in well, with these rash so comments. Much, and <laughs> Set me straight. <laughs> There's so much that needs to be. There's only, uh, uh, but uh, interestingly, and, and actually, um, just so I wanted to add, I might play this next week. Actually, um, just as an aside, uh, there was we talked about the Buchla system last week and uh, about not hearing anything that of any uh, had much value musically apart from blip blop and stuff. And I was corrected quite uh, forcefully by a number of people in the comments of last week's podcast, and one of them uh, led me to sort of roundabout way to find the music of Alessandro Cortina and a band called Sonnoio. If you get the chance to check some of that stuff out, there's a, a little search for Alessandro Cortini, Enough. It's a track called Enough. And it sounds like he's used very uh, creatively, but it's just, it's really, really good, actually. I, I'm, I'm kind of chase him down and buy the album because I downloaded a free sample of uh, some other stuff off Sony Sonnoio Red. Um, and I think that uses... Um, it sounds like a lot of the sounds are made by modular, but really intelligently musical. Absolutely awesome. So uh, I'd stand corrected. So brilliant. Um, what's that? Uh, what have we got next? Uh, I'm going to have to leave gotta go. quite soon. You've got to go. All right. Uh, well, do you want to choose yeah. then? Or or just say, uh, if there is one, do you want, uh, what have we got? Wireless MIDI? Uh, live pop duo? Jail speaker? <laughs> oh, yeah. Actually, I want to just talk about the jail speaker. Did you? I've just yeah. realised I haven't prepared anything for that one, but I will try. Oh. No, it's all right. I'm going to get it. Ah, here we go. Here it is. I've got it. I've got it. Don't worry. This is the jail speaker. Don't you know? Uh, if I press that button, um, trans. This is a transparent loudspeaker from Harvard School of uh, Economics Research. Uh, basically, it looks it looks a bit like a jellyfish, and it's um. It but it will. You probably can't pick this up. They're just ramping up the frequency, and then they play some music through it. And it's surprisingly fully featured. Let me see if I can find the part of the video. Um, this is a couple of research students at Harvard. Here we go. This is playing Pierre Ginn through it. Through a really crappy speaker, mic, mic uh, computer speakers and mic... Yeah, that's a terrible example, isn't it? But, but so it's gone through uh, a rubbish computer speakers into a rubbish video mic through Skype, and then compressed. But uh, you can't. I mean, you first generation listen. It does look. It does look like it could be quite interesting. So, Dave, you chose speaker. Well, uh, well, the reason I I, I, I mention this is because I don't think it. I think it looks. It looks like a load of old nonsense. I mean, it's just such a bad... I mean, we're, we're not talking about presentation or how you pre- present yourself, but if you look at that video, you think, what, what am I actually looking at here? 
you, you see them ramping up the frequencies and then they put the video they, they put the gel on the computer screen and it, it's kind of like so what I mean, there's no they don't hold it physically they don't show it to you so in terms of you know you've got the news story but it's just a shame that they wasted the opportunity with the video to not show off what you're actually supposed to be looking at so I'm not I, I don't know whether it works uh, or whether it, it really is a, a project worth pursuing from from the way they've demonstrated it Oh dear, that... which is which is a shame. Yeah, but but um, what it did remind me of, Nick, was something um, uh, by um, a company called Watt. That's W A T, and that's Warwick Audio Technologies. And if you look at uh, if you look at if you look them up, Warwick Audio Technologies, they create something um, called FFL. And um, it's foil something, foil something. And um, they are, they're looking at new ways of creating membranes that can be used as speakers. And it kind of, remembered me, it kind of reminded me of, of that. Now, the Watt, the Watt stuff was a spin out of, out of uh, Warwick uh, University in the same way as – there we go, yeah. yeah. So a new generation of loudspeakers. I don't know if you've encountered this before. But um, this was a, this is a project that spun out of uh, Warwick University about oh, five yeah, six years I see. ago. Oh yeah, um, stuff. Yeah, and then they've they've spun out and they've got funding and created their own their own company out of it. And it looks just like a piece of foil, a piece of Baco foil. It's very strange, but they they've received several um, rounds of of funding, and uh, the things are, the things really a goer. So um, the the gel which would seem to be a, a nice idea. Uh, they should be looking at maybe what those guys are doing. Yeah, well, maybe so. Of, um, Presentation. Yeah. But there's also something called um, Phionics as well. Now, again, that's F small e O N I C, and this is a sort of a device, and a technology which you has uh, been used quite a lot um, in in shops and uh, in displays where it's sort of a vibrator that's put on the glass and it and turns the whole of a shop window into a loudspeaker ah. so what they're able to do what they're able to do is to put the the technology and the um, the vibrator whatever you want to call it um, on the inside and the speaker that the the, uh, the the window vibrates um, but the sound is transmitted outside so um, if you, there we go, yeah. So they've they've done a few of these, and there's been a few um, product launches in shop windows where they've had an artist singing, um, but the sound is is heard outside because they're using these phonic uh, speakers. I can't get so, how many people stop outside. There's a peel and stick. It's really that simple. There's an awful yeah. lot of gags in there, isn't there? <laughs> so you have no idea where the sound is coming from. Yeah, it's uh, th- there's a lot of these kind of interesting technologies out there, yeah. and. Um, it, th- it's it's interesting to see what these Harvard guys are doing to create something very unusual and something that you wouldn't think could um, propagate sound. Mm. It's just they need to they need to present it a little they bit do. better because that that was not convincing. It was at a little all. bit. I was expecting some with with the intro. I was expecting something a little bit more kind of produ- yeah. produced, but kind of cool stuff. I know, Gaz, you're interested in you know well mobile speakers certainly from a <clears throat> excuse me certainly from uh, an iPad point of view, and that's uh, interesting ideas, but. Um, <clears throat> What do you think? Any value? Hmm. I mean, yeah. As, as Dave said, it's such a dreadful video. <laughs> it really doesn't do him. <laughs> and, the sound, you know, they could have at least made, you know, some quiet room or something. Or some you, you do think that if they're, dedicated, you do, if, they're, if they're dedicated to sound, they might have a care to actually make sound. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so, so it's actually very difficult to assess the value of that particular thing. I mean, it's certainly quite an interesting thing. Uh, I've been, uh, I've always been quite interested in the idea of, um, of inflatable speakers, you know, where, especially for, from a gigging point of view, you can just pump up your speaker cabs. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, so, <laughs> but, um, uh, you know so, so this kind of idea of, of really, I mean, that, was, that would be a completely flat speaker. Well, do you remember, um, oh, um, what were they called? Uh, Wharfdale were doing some sort of yeah. flat speaker. NXT, NXT speakers. Yeah. Yeah, you often uh, you often see them at um uh, at trade shows, you know, these little tiny discrete speakers that you know, you mm. can't really see, uh, but they're usually accompanied by some massive subwoofer to kind of give it some mass. 
Yeah, because there's no low end yeah. with those NXT speakers. Yeah. They were uh, they were going to be a, a, a huge technology about 15 years ago. But mm-hmm. and um, pictures that uh, installing them in the back of pictures, you you stick the. Uh, I, I I I don't want to call it the vibrator, but <laughs> I want to call it no, something go on, else. Call but, it the vibrator. The, the vibrator, but the yeah the 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 resonator. The resonator. The resonator. There we go. The resonator. The and you put it at the back of a picture. Yeah. <laughs> um, but um, I thought they were going to be a huge thing, and they they pop up at trade shows every so often. But um, it's because they I don't think they've got any real sort of um, they've got no real low end yeah. to them. So no, they won't uh, do. Yeah. I just want to quickly say hello to uh, Rich Hilton, who's actually in the chat room on the tour bus in Holland over 3G on his uh, on his mobile phone, uh, racking up the. Um Racking up the 3G data allowance, no doubt. Anyway, just thought I'd say hello there. He can't hear, but he can join the chat room. So that's, I suppose, something marvellous. Uh, Mark, um, any any interest in this um, sort of technology? Well, my comments are going to be roughly the same as everyone else's. I, I, it's easy to diss this kind of technology and go, that's never going to work. But then in 10 years' time... Everyone will have them, and we'll all be going, that's amazing. Where did that come from? Well, this is where it comes from, right? So people are researching this kind of stuff. But the presentation, there's no sense at all of how loud the thing is. It could be blisteringly loud at 100 decibels, or it could be whisper quiet. You've got no idea of the gain structure of the microphone they've got on it. I mean, maybe a little bit, because there's some background noise which is being picked up, which seems to be almost as loud as the music. But why Why didn't they just stick a dB meter in front of it and go, look, we're <laughs> able to generate this level of noise with this piece of clear stuff. And then well, it's just... Frustrating, yeah, isn't it? Really, it just means nothing, that video. Absolutely means nothing. Their line manager really no needs to be, yeah. Their lecturer or whoever it is is in charge of the department needs to, needs to have a good they talk. A good telling off. Good talk send, them, send them an isotope analyzer. And yeah, a, there you go. And a, even a Behringer like ECM 8000 mic or whatever they're called, and and let's have a dB rating and let's see what the frequency response of it is, or something that means something to people that know things about sound. Yeah, I agree. Um, so there, therein lies a tale. If you're going to post boffin type videos, you need either to just go kind of com- something that completely wows us, or um, completely explains itself. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Do it well, uh, <laughs> I, Dave. I don't know whether you're uh, what what your movements are, whether you're available uh, to stick around, or whether or not uh, you have to go. But actually, we might have to leave this because um, it's quarter past five, and I've got to go home and cook the tea. <laughs> and I'm on my bike this week. I'm on a health drive, trying to lose some of this holiday uh, holiday weight um, unsuccessfully. I might add. So, uh, quickly, I will say, Dave Robinson, Pro Sound News Europe. Thank you very much for joining us this week, Dave. Thank you. It's been a pleasure to yeah, have you I'm on. Try- yeah, I'm trying to do a few more of these now, now that I'm sort of um, managing my time a little bit better. Ah, okay. Thank, well, I would obviously love to have you, so thank you very much anyway. Yeah, thank you. Cheers. And we'll say also thanks to Gaz William up there in Wales. Give our regards to your father. I met him at your wedding. Lovely fellow. And um, have, a good, have a good time at the festival. Yes, so yeah, looking forward to that. And one thing I was going to mention, just a little heads up, in case you've not noticed that, there's a... Yeah, really Sorry, interesting. I've just, I've just had a terrible app just about to drop in a few days' time called Modular, and I think this one looks like a really cool thing. I think we should cover it on Sonic Touch, but it. it just is great because it and it makes total sense. It's just like um, you drag and drop. Actual, it looks like it's um, in the yeah, what you call the format, the one that the. Uh, the, the 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 dope for use. Ah, uh, Eurorack. Eurorack, of course. It looks like a, a Eurorack, and you drag ah, modules okay. from the left hand side. In. All right, we'll, we'll def- oh, sorry, the right hand side. We'll check that out. Well, and definitely, it looks terrific. I so, look yeah, forward I to that. Just mention that because thank you very yeah, much. Really cool. Uh, okay, well, um, Gaz Williams there. Um, thank you very much. I would put your lower third up, but since the um, it's changed, uh, you seem to be you're behind. So, oh. <laughs> anyway, I will say goodbye to Mr. Mark Tinley as well um, over there in uh, Glastonbury. Um, thank you very much for joining us. I will try and get you your light sorted out. Oh, yours is in front. You must be special this week. So I'm going to do um, uh, an incredibly clever link there. And if you're going to get that iApp, you can run it on your new iPhone 5C, ah. which if you buy in America, 
seems to be $99, but if you buy it here, it's 429 quid or something. What's that all about? Uh, yes, but... What, That's, you have to get it with a contract in America. Yeah, it's, like a two-year uh, contract. It, it, yeah, it says, oh, it only costs this much, but actually only costs this much as long as you sign a hundred and, you know, a 24-month contract. Or probably 36 so months now. doing on, on the tour bus with no data left, right? Uh, I think he's probably got a plan, or at least he did last time I spoke to him. You can get you can get decent plans now. They've opened it up a little bit more, but yeah. Um, okay. Well, thanks, Mark. Um, thank you, everybody. Um, that was Sonic Talk number three hundred and twenty-nine, not three hundred and twenty-eight, as it says there. And um, once again, we thank Isotope for their sponsorship of the show. Go find out about RX, uh, isotope.com forward slash RX or RX3, which is about to drop anytime soon. And I think we will have an RX uh, video good to go tomorrow, I hope. So anyway, that's it. Uh, it's a King Sunnier day, as um, Heathcliff said in the chat room. That's Sonic Talk 329. Thanks for watching.